Hey, Amanda. Hey, Tommy. Hey, do you remember the early 90s soccer movie starring Jack Roy? No. It, there's like cross-dressing in it. And, and none of this rings a bell? No. Oh, he might be known by his stage name, Rodney Dangerfield. And it's a kid's movie starring Jonathan Brandis. Does that help? Oh, does it? The beginning of my spank bank. Are we talking about ladybugs? We are. That's what we're talking about today. And can we talk about? Hi, I'm Kyle. Can We Geek About is a new podcast from Gotham West. Each week, JJ and I will delve into the geekier side of pop culture, from our favorites in science fiction and fantasy, to new releases and even maybe rag on some absolute flops. We promise that even if you don't like what we have to say, you'll like how we say it. But anyway, can we geek about? Did you really need me here for this? I just needed a ride. <sighs> can we geek about? So give us a listen, subscribe or follow, wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. You know what they say, plenty of fish in the sea if you got the right bait. Yeah. The trouble is my hook ain't what it used to be. What happened anyway? I don't, I don't want to go into it. It's a long story. I, I, hey, come on. Get it off your chest. It'll make you feel better. Remember, there ain't nothing you can tell me that I ain't heard before. So, come on. What happened? Well... What happened was I, I took her son and I, I dressed him up like a girl and I talked him into playing with me. Stay out, you sicko! We don't want your kind in here! Boy, what a happy hour. Well, at least I beat the check. Can we talk about ladybugs? We can because you know how we always joke that like something was like our sexual awakening. <laughs> this was mine. I'm not kidding. Okay, wait. Uh, I uh, first guys, off, we just did like an hour and a half of pre-talk before yeah. we hit record. I don't think Tom was expecting. That. No, I was. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting okay, that okay. at all. I am intrigued because when you talk about ladybugs and then say it was your sexual awakening. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. if I said that the the movie Bedazzled with Brendan Fraser was my sexual awakening, you, also mine. Okay, but you know where I'm going with that, right? 
I, I, I can't believe it, you don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know where you're going with because well, the thing is, it could be it could be a myriad of things of why late and out of all oh, movies. Oh no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're okay. Right. Okay. So okay. let's just start off the bat. If you have not seen Ladybugs, yeah. number one, you are much younger than the two people recording this podcast. <laughs> let's just start off there. Yeah. This is a 1992 March 27th release. Rodney Dangerfield, Vanessa Shaw, Jonathan Brandis, and Eileen Graff, who were huge in this time. You'll know Vanessa Shaw from Hocus Pocus. Yeah. You'll know Jonathan Brandis from Amanda Spank Bank. You will know Rodney Dangerfield because <laughs> he was a very popular comedian. And Eileen Graff basically played every mom in the 90s. She was the mom on Mr. Belvedere. Yes. Which is, I think, how I she's most recognizable. For anyone, who- I mean, she was in Heart of Dixie, which I loved that show. Oh, That's really a newer that. show. Yeah, but she was she was in a lot of things. She was on Three's Company for an episode, Touched by an Angel, which if you haven't seen that, that was my jam. <laughs> I love Touched by an Angel. But yeah. this is essentially a movie where Rodney Dangerfield is engaged to her. Mm-hmm. She has a son from her previous marriage, Jonathan Brandis, mm-hmm. and Rodney Dangerfield plays a gentleman named Chester who was engaged to her and kind of fucked up. She's like, I'll marry you if you get this promotion. Wait, is so, that, is that? Yes. I, okay. Yeah. I So she's thought, like, I will marry you when you get this promotion. Kind of fucked oh, up. That is, Which I is, thought it was, I thought it was like, he didn't feel like he was good enough to marry her unless he no, got the promotion. No, because remember he keeps saying, he's like, I've got to get this promotion so I've she'll marry me. i got to get this promotion. Yeah. It's so fucking good. So, do a Rodney Dangerfield impression. Yeah, she eventually, he lies to her essentially and says he gets a promotion because he goes to his boss's office and his boss is like, yeah, it was great to see you. Hard pass. Yeah. And his assistant played by Jackie Harry, who I fucking Jack love. Jackie Harry. Yeah. She was Lisa Landry on Sister Sister, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. I just, I truly loved her. Her energy, her vibe. Yeah. So fucking good. Well, she was on 227, which... I'm saying these things like Mr. Belvedere, 227. And I know and you're a couple that, of years older than me that they don't register. But keep yeah, going. I know. I know. I don't know what it was. And and maybe this is why I am, a, uh, you know, I am the way I am. But I grew up watching just like sitcoms from everywhere. I watched Night Court. I watched 227. Uh, there was a spinoff from 227 I watched with uh, Amen. Do you ever watch Amen? No. Okay. Sorry. I watched all of this, but Jack Hay was the staple. Like she was like the lead on that, on that show with, with uh, Maria Gibbs. But anyway, that's, I gotta be honest with you. I thought she was in way more shit than she was in. I know. And that's the thing too. Like you even said the same thing about uh, Jonathan Brandis. Where was I seeing her? Just the (laughs) nineties. I guess. But like, I wasn't watching Mother Goose or Rapping and Rhyming Special. I'm a little upset that I wasn't. Oh my God. Wait, 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 wait. She, she I didn't watch that? that. Yeah, she's Little Bo Peep. Okay, let me explain this. Okay, can we just, before we go, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. Uh, and I have to find this on her resume because I didn't even realize that she was. Uh, go to Wikipedia that, and click on her name. That's what I did. Okay. What, what was it called again? What was the title of this? It was It was called Happily Ever After, Fairy Tales for Every Child. And it was a rapping something or other. Yeah, this feels like a fever dream, but I remember this growing up and then I, and then you couldn't find it, right? Like to take a Mother step back. Mother Goose, a rapping and rhyming special. Can we please do this? 
when we talk about Ladybugs, right, which is like this very random it's not movie random. from the 90s. Did everything it was, like, it was, it was on constant like rotation on HBO, yes. which is, I think, why, why me and you grew up watching this. By yes. the way, to throw it out there, because we explained this to we had a meeting with our with our uh, team at Gotham West and we explained this movie. No one knew what it was. And then they looked it up, and then uh, Katie, our editor, is like, it has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. We're like, but, yeah, 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 ignore that, ignore on. that. Okay, so it has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I will say mm-hmm. that it has, I forget what the website is, because I oh, read Cinema this. Score. Cinema, Cinema Score. Cinema Score. A minus. Yes. People who watch it love it. Fucking love it. But the critics hated it. Well, they didn't like Rodney Dangerfield either. So that. Yeah. Which, by the way, let me just, uh, there's a New York Times review of it, and I was reading it, and it says, looking a, a bit more paunchy than he did in 1986, which they're referring to uh, the other movie he did, uh, Back, Back to, to school? school. Which is incredible. We have to do that this year. And I'm like, we have who, to. who cares? This. I was also trying to find out the backstory to this movie, which we have, ex- because most of the people who are listening to this might have never seen this movie. Um, we have to explain what it is in a second, but this was a vehicle it felt like a vehicle for Rodney Dangerfield, the same way like Easy Money and Back to School were mm-hmm. other Rodney Dangerfield movies. The, the only difference here is that there was like essentially a kid's movie with Rodney Dangerfield. And it was, I, I loved it growing up. We'll get into all that. But one of my favorites, I, I don't honestly know. and truly. It's like one of those like heart, bef- like cart before the horse kind of things. Like, did they write it for Rodney Dangerfield? Was it a movie? script and then they brought Rodney Dangerfield in and he, he just injected his comedy into it. I actually don't know. I don't know if you actually did any research into this, but I did. So this movie. Okay. Rodney Dangerfield, I think had a lot to do with the making of this movie because okay. he has his friend from back to school is the uh, motivational speaker that you get in that first couple minutes. That's a oh, guy from back okay. to school. Oh, and He's like looking into the mirror. And he's yeah. doing his little, I, I'm good. Gosh darn it. Everybody likes me yeah. thing. Uh, Sam Kinison. I'm so sorry that I didn't. Oh, Sam name. Kinison. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he only did a cameo as a motivational speaker because he couldn't commit to the whole movie because he was killing it in stand up then. Yeah. Yeah. Kinison was huge. It's even more sad that. He died April 10th, 1992, two weeks before this movie hit the theaters. Oh, wow. Huh. So like he, you know, I don't know, that kind of just really sucks. But Rodney Dangerfield. Okay, when a comedian now is crossing over to the movie world. Yeah. We're given a very different situation. You don't automatically go to a teen rom-com. No, no. No, no, no. Rodney Dangerfield did. And Rodney <laughs> Dangerfield to me, and like I say what you will, I don't know about you, but like I loved Rodney Dangerfield growing up. His jokes were quick, they were fast, mm-hmm. they were like one or two lines. Like as yeah. a kid, most of the time I could kind of understand what he was saying. Yeah. But like he's um his jokes are not made <laughs> for, for the children. This movie came out in 1992, 1993, whatever it may be. I watched it then. I was like five or six years old. I told everybody in my first grade class that Jonathan Brandis was my boyfriend. I tried to convince (laughs) them that that was true. The lies I spun. And he was, to me, like the epitome of what I wanted in a man at 
six or seven years old. And that continued well into like. Well, hang on. And what exactly was that? Oh, because blonde hair. Okay. Oh, okay. The eyes, the like yeah. careless little swoopy thing. And then I transitioned into Devin Sawa. Oh, who's yeah. basically Jonathan Brandis Light. Yeah. Of the 90s. And then unfortunately, obviously, um, Jonathan Brandis passed in 2003. But yeah, I really was I I can't tell you the way my sister and I love Jonathan Brandis. It yeah. is a deep, deep love. Deep. Yeah. Even watching it today, I felt like a fucking creep. <laughs> I rewatched some of it this this afternoon because I was like, eh, I fucking love this movie. I'm yeah. going to watch it again before we record. And I had watched it last week. Mm-hmm. He's so hot to me. Well, was it was the draw to Jonathan Brandis when he was in Never Ending Story? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. OK. But there's also something in this movie that like. We have to explain what the movie is, by the way, because okay, you so started it's a, essentially, saying it. I started saying it. He is a soccer player who gets kicked off his soccer team. His step about to be stepdad is Rodney Dangerfield. So he, you know, is got a bad attitude. He's kind of a dick. So Rodney Dangerfield does not get this promotion, tells his wife he's did. But the boss is like, hey, listen. We need somebody to coach our daughter's soccer team. And before that, Rodney Dangerfield sees all these soccer trophies and was like, oh, my God, I am I played soccer, too. I'm so great at soccer. Look at me. Yeah. I love soccer. And they're like, what position did you play? He's like, linebacker, frontbacker, backbacker, whatever you need. I did it. Yeah. And they're like, you don't fucking know what you're talking about. But sure, yeah, you can coach our daughter's soccer team. Why not? Yeah. And he's like, perfect. My secretary, played by Jack K. Harris, Harry, Jack K. Harry. Yeah. She'll be my assistant coach. Neither of them know anything about soccer. They get there. The team is trash city. Yeah. The boss's daughter's on the team, played by our adorable Hocus Pocus girl. She's fucking awful because she's got bad anxiety. Basically, everyone on this team is awful. But don't you worry, because Rodney Dangerfield convinces Jonathan Brandis, a.k.a. his soon-to-be stepson, to dress up like a girl named Martha. Yeah. (laughs) His name is Matthew in the movie. He just puts like a blonde little yeah. wig. By the way, I had Bob that wig, haircut. Right? I had that haircut all throughout the nineties. <laughs> like that was the haircut I had. Exact same hair color, everything. Yeah. And let's throw her in a dress. And she's gonna be great on the soccer team. And the first game she comes in and she's a fucking dick. She steals the ball. She yells at everybody in her man voice. Yeah. And then uh <laughs> he's like, You're a dick. You have to be nicer to people. And then all of a sudden he finds this like teammate mentality and he comes in and he helps. All of the girls realize their potential and they win and they get mm-hmm. to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But the girl he's in love with at school, but he can't talk to, happens to be Hocus Pocus Girl. She's on the team. He's eventually becomes her best friend. I think it's hilarious. They play like four soccer games together. She yeah. comes to the house and she's like, you're my best friend. And she hugs him and he gets a boner and he has to run away. <laughs> Because her tits are on him. And he's like, I got to fucking go. And he goes into the kitchen. He's like, how about some Cokes? And so he goes to get the Cokes, but then his mom comes home, who's dating Rodney Dangerfield with Rodney Dangerfield and doesn't realize that Martha from the soccer team is her son, Matthew. And that's when Rodney Dangerfield's life falls apart. Oh, oh, no. Oh, my God. My girl, she kicked me out. So (laughs) there is a definite, there are moments that we need to talk about. Okay. So Uh that's, I laid the plot out loosely. Do you think I did a good job there? You did. Yeah. I mean, the- there's a lot in there, but the, the basic gist of it is it's is there another movie like this like that you compare it yeah, to? Yeah, Little Giants. 
Okay, yeah, it's like little giants, yeah. except if little well, but no one's no one's like icebox didn't pretend to be a boy. It would be <sighs> no, like I that. thought I was icebox my whole life. <laughs> Yeah, that. we should it's do really that. Really, who I thought it was? Too. We have to. It's one of my favorites. The booger bubble. Oh, <laughs> but okay, so it's like little giants. If Icebox just, uh, you know, like shaved her hair or anything. Yeah, it's like which, by the way, in the eighties, we were really into gender bender uh, plots. Like just one yeah. of the guys, and and like the, it's it's just one of the guys, but instead of a girl becoming a guy it's the opposite and instead of being in high school they're i mean i guess they're in high school but like i don't know we got to talk about that well i had a, i had to google this but okay vanessa i already know what you're looking up because i looked it up because i was like what the fuck is happening right now vanessa, vanessa shaw who we again we all loved she was uh and i you know as as a as a 90s kid or like an 80s, 90s kids as a Xenial, which is what I, I, I am. I'm like the, in that weird juxt or whatever that is. It, it's that very specific time period of like we grew up in the 80s and 90s. You I you loved Vanessa Shaw. Like she was she was the dream girl in, in everything, including uh, and most famously Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. But she was 16 in this. Playing 14, almost 15. Playing oh, I didn't realize they had 14 they, they almost 15. Okay. Yes. Okay. Playing 14 almost 15. And yeah. there is a scene when mm-hmm. Jonathan Brandis comes to check out the team because, yeah. you know, Rodney Dangerfield, Coach Chester, needs like all this help. And he's envisioning her. Like he sees her. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> all of a sudden, this yeah. 14, almost 15 yeah. year old girl is running across the field mm-hmm. in a bra and underwear that's ladybug. Themed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with her prepubescent boobs just flapping in the wind, and he's just like, "Yeah, that's it." Yeah. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> the nineties were a different time. I mean, I would love to know. I would love to know from her if, like, this was uncomfortable. Because this is the thing too: is like, I'm not even thinking about like watching it or like that whole thing. I'm more thinking about it from like the perspective of you're like the 16 year old girl and you're doing like the uh maybe i have to back up in fast times at richmond high right yes uh quite famously back when we rented vhs tapes the scene of what's her name coming out of the pool is like the most rewound scene like the vhs Mm -hmm. tapes would break because people you know horny boys would like rewind and replay that scene over and over again uh was she, but she was of age. I mean, obviously there was nudity there, but like she was older than they're playing teenagers, but I think she was older at that point. But it's, it's similar like that, like, Oh, dream girl thing. But like, yeah, like she, she like, and there was a, there's a lot of ways to play it. And they decided to put her in. Yeah. Like With a, that song. And you know, she's just like running at him slow motion. And then they meet in the middle and they like dance. And it's just like, yeah. Um, <laughs> immediately, immediately, I had to like Google how old was she? How yeah. old is she playing? Yeah. Are we okay with this? And we okay we're with- not okay with this because there are definite, here's the thing we're going to have to accept. And we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. We're going to accept the fact that a lot of these movies don't hold up to today's standards. And that's yeah. probably a good thing. You know yeah. what I mean? But Let's just talk about the movie poster. Something we love to do. Okay. It is Rodney Dangerfield 
Mm-hmm. This is the Spanish movie poster. Just look it up. The Spanish movie poster. Oh, why is it always like the foreign films have like like just the foreign, look it up. Uh, Spanish poster. It is Rodney Dangerfield and Jonathan Brandis standing behind her. Oh, he okay, holds okay. two soccer balls up to her tits to make it okay. look like those are her boobs. Okay, so to be clear, yes, the American, the original American U.S. poster, whatever you want to call it, is a picture of it's Rodney Dangerfield dressed up like the uh, coach popping yes. out of like a, a circle, kind of like, you know, like Bugs Bunny popping out of like or Porky Pig popping out of like the little circle at the Looney mm-hmm. Tunes cartoon, just holding a soccer ball, looking directly at the camera with his like Rodney Dangerfield face. It's great. And then the title of the movie Ladybugs is right below that. And then miniaturized standing on top of the letters of the logo are the team just kind of scattered about, right? Yes. Innocent. And yes, the the Spanish version is... Uh, Not that. It's it's uh, Vanessa Shaw centered. And yes. then Jonathan Brand is standing behind her making like a smiling at her face. She's making like a oops kind of face. And then Rodney Dangerfield's on the other side of her, like poking out the side. And then, yeah, they're holding up. And it's not even, it looks like it's Jonathan Brandis holding up two soccer balls in front of her boobs. Yeah, it sure is. And, you uh, know, Rodney Dangerfield was actually kind of pissed about uh, the way that Paramount, this was made by Paramount, yeah. the, ma- the way that they marketed this because they marketed the movie as like a family comedy. And he's like, this is not a family comedy. This should be teenage and adult audiences. It should not be for children. But they marketed it and edited the movie to essentially oh. appeal to family audiences. And he's like, this is not what we agreed, on, agreed on, upon. So he was not pumped with how like some of the jokes that they did. Perfect example is he talks about the scene where they're which rewatching it. I was like, oh, my Christ. What, they go to a store and he has to buy her a bunch of dresses. So that she looks like a girl and she can't zip up the dress. Mm-hmm. Because it's on the back. And this is Jonathan Brandis playing yeah. the girl. And so he goes in the dressing room with her, essentially disguising as like, oh, her twin sister is the same yeah. size. So he's going to try on the dresses for her. And so he's in the dressing room while this woman and her granddaughter are sitting in the chairs waiting to go in the dressing room. And the granddaughter's like five. Mm-hmm. And he's like saying like, uh, you know, like, you got to be quiet. We can't tell your mom about this. And all you see is their feet. So it looks like girls feet and an adult man's feet. Mm-hmm. And this woman is hearing this. He's like, oh, you got to be quiet. We can't tell your mom about this. And yeah. she's like, it's just so uncomfortable. He's like, well, if you be quiet and you relax, it'll fit. Yeah. And the more you get used to it, it's going to fit even better. And then it's just like, she's like, I don't know if I like this. And he's like, you don't have to like, it. you just have to let me do it. And it's like this yeah. whole thing where if you're on the outside, it sounds like they're just a it's a common, yeah. It's a common, it's a common trope. Like it's a, yes. it's a movie trope. Yeah, it's a movie trope. But then he comes out of the dressing room, doesn't realize what this woman is thinking is going on. We're all thinking the same thing as this woman, and he yeah. walks over to the little d- girl because now she yeah. sees like, oh my god, that was a man and a girl yeah. in there because he's wearing his girl costume. And he walks over to the little girl, puts his hand on her cheek, and he's like, "What a beautiful little girl!" Yeah. And the woman <laughs> pretends to have a heart attack. <laughs> And I'm like, that yeah. right there, I agree with Rodney Dangerfield. They filmed that scene for adults. Yeah. <laughs> they did not film that scene for children. I don't, you know what? I mean, again, it's, yeah, I mean, because you have to understand what's going on. It's not, I watched this with, I watched this movie with my kid and he is yeah. 11 and he got it. He liked the movie, right? And I think, you know, like 
there is like the whole thing of like boy crushing on the girl kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, and like there's that. And, and I, he's of age to kind of get that. There's a lot of jokes that yeah probably flew over his head, which there's a ton of movies for like when I say kids, it's a broad range. We're not talking Shrek. Like too I always think yeah, Shrek. Exactly. Yeah. There's jokes uh, for both people. Yeah. And that's I think that's fine. But like, yeah, to the point of like there was stuff in this where it's like it didn't it it wasn't a full fledged family movie. But Never. like, and, and that's the thing, like they don't make uh, movies like that anymore. Like this is going to sound like old man yelling at the moon kind of thing, but like they don't make movies for the very specific, like remember like house arrest. Oh my God. Yes. Real deep cut there. Right. Like movies like that, uh, where it was like, it's not, it's for kids, not too young, not it's like made for kids between the ages of like 12 and like 16. Yeah. Like, like the pre narrow window, light teenage. Yeah. Right. Which is such a narrow window now that like for everything they make for streaming and all this other stuff, it's like, Oh, it's got to you can't narrow it down that we're not going to blow a budget of a couple million dollars on a movie. That's only for people within like the five year span of age. So, yeah. which I always, I always consider this movie to be in that span where it's like, it's a, it has like some adult jokes. I mean, it's got Ronnie Dangerfield opening the back of his, his minivan going, I got a lot of balls, you know, just, <laughs> I don't know. Any, I don't know much, but I go, oh, I got a lot oh, of balls. God, I love it. And so like, yeah, it's for a certain audience and stuff. And, and, and there's the, we've grown up a bit since 1992. So like we've yeah. learned what's okay and not okay. But, um, but again, my mind honestly didn't even go to like the content for the audience. It was more the. Like there's a director yelling at Vanessa Shaw to like, you know, put on her, you know, and that is to be clear, it's like, whew. And, and you know, I did, I, f I cannot find the article, but I did read an article where she talks about like what she went through there. And there's another movie early on in her career, not Hocus Pocus, where something very similar happened to her. And she kind of was just like, that's who I am. Even watching this movie. Yeah. That scene where they like dress her up like she's going to be married to him and he's got like his like tux on and she's got the wedding dress on. Oh, this is still part of like the fantasy, right? The fantasy. Yeah. yeah she yeah. looks 25 years old. Yeah. Like the way that they made her look and maybe just her look as well. She looks so much older, but there is like a thing where it's like there are some fucking creeps watching this. Yeah. Who are really getting off to this right now. Yeah. But you know what? I feel like they always did that a lot in and again in the nineties. That would never yeah. happen now. We're not yeah. putting fourteen year old girls in bras and underwear and slow mo right. them running. Well, I mean, I think the the most egregious example is um you know the movie Leon the Professional, right? That that Ooh, yeah. like at least Natalie Portman has come out and talked about that. Which for those that don't know, I I, I mean. So, oh my God, good movie, really good movie, classic mm. like action movie, but problematic in the sense of like uh, the whole con the whole movie is like, how old was Natalie Portman in that movie, by the way? So young, like really 13, young. 12. And the whole, like, I, here's the thing. I watched the movie. I didn't, I didn't pick up on the fact that like she like was in love with him or anything, but you know, she has like a fascination. She's sort of orphaned or whatever. Anyway, long story short, forget about the movie itself. Like Natalie Portman was getting like disgusting, dirty, like fan mail when she's like 13 years old of oh like God, old men so fantasizing about her. Yeah. That was, that's just disgusting and gross. Real off the rails from our fun nineties, you know, <gasps> a kid's movie. But anyway, long story short is like, yeah, I think there's a line there. I, 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 in my heart of hearts, I hope, 
that because I mean everything I've seen and I was like trying to look it up here too. It seems like Vanessa Shaw had very positive fond memories of filming the movie. So as long as you know, yeah, well, you know her and Jonathan Brandis were dating throughout this whole movie. Oh, I didn't know that. No, yeah, they were dating, and so that's pretty fun because he was hot as hell. Yeah, but I (laughs) will just saying she was the it girl and he was the it guy. Exactly. One thing that I love whenever we watch these '90s movies, like early not early '90s and mid '90s. Yeah. The rich people are always wearing white. Yeah. Rich people wear white. And I think it's because it's like, oh, you can get this dirty and throw it out because yeah. you're so rich. <laughs> but like the parents, the Mullins, Rodney Dangerfield's boss, a.k.a. Yeah. Uh, our girl Vanessa's parents, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Kimberly's parents. Yeah. They're on the sideline. First of all, why do they carry? They care so fucking much. Yeah. About the soccer team. Like the wife can't be happy unless the soccer team is winning. Let's start there. So fucking weird. To be well, hang on a second. But before you continue, I will say, have you ever been friends or like have family or anyone know any people who were like in like really into their kids' sports? Tom. Yeah. A little backstory on Amanda. My life was soccer. (laughs) I was on travel teams. I was on regional travel teams. That was my ticket to the world was soccer. My entire life. I think that's why I liked this movie so much. I think this movie, I'm not even kidding, like no joke, this movie created my obsession with soccer. Literally, like honestly. Yeah. And that was my whole life was soccer. You wanted to, you wanted to. That's all I wanted. Jonathan That's all I wanted to do was be Jonathan Brandis's baby girl. Yeah. But no, I I just wanted to play soccer professionally. That's all I wanted out of life. Yeah. This, there is a line. I had plenty, especially in the travel space and like the more professional versions of soccer that I was playing, not school sports, not like, you know, town sports. Once I got better and got into these teams, yes, 100%. But they are on the sideline. He's got like a martini. The mom's yeah. got a glass of champagne and they're just jumping up and down and they're all white outfits, just losing their fucking minds. <laughs> and I was just like, what? What? I mean, maybe that's how it was in the 90s. I don't know. I was a little too young. My first um, team that I ever played soccer on, shortly after seeing this movie, uh, we were sponsored by Pinebush Septic. Okay. And the parents on the The sidelines clearly were drinking because my mom started a chant every time we would score a goal. She's like, that's it, Pinebush Septic. Flush (laughs) them. So that's, that's what I was dealing with. Yeah. My mom was also very annoying in team sports because as it got more competitive and I got more competitive, the parents weren't as like both teams got a participation trophy. It was like mm-hmm. fucking life or death, kind of like this. Yeah. And she would cheer for the other team. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Mom, you have to shut the fuck up. We are going to get the <laughs> shit kicked out of us. She'd be like, Good try, girls. Good try. Everybody did so good. I'm like, Mom. There are parents who are going to go home and beat their children tonight because they did not score goals. We cannot be saying this. <laughs> she was not made for the cutthroat life. So, yes, I have been in that world, but it's just so funny in the 90s how they made this seem like this is you only get the promotion if my daughter's soccer team wins. And also, I'm going to pull my daughter out of the game because she fucking sucks. So why do you care about the game so much? Yeah. Do you, I don't. <laughs> And the poor girl kicks this is like awful shot and it hits the sponsorship sign of her parents and knocks it off the fence. 
I'm like, fucking get it, girl. Can we talk about the other girls in the team? We have to. I mean, the, the standout, everyone, ever. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Penny, right? Penny. Penny. Penny Pester. Yeah. <laughs> All she had to do, just like every 90s movie, just yeah. take your glasses off and yeah. put your hair down and you go from a two to a 10. And then Rodney Dangerfield has that, that scene, which is quite endearing. You know, he's yeah. like, no, you're beautiful. A little creepy. Cause he's like, if I was your age, I'd ask you out a date. You wouldn't date me. And she's like, yes, I would. Yeah. And it's like, that's grooming. <laughs> We're going to ignore that. And then she takes her hair down. He's like, take your hair down. Take your glasses off. You go talk to those boys. And he sends his fucking blind as a bat brace face <laughs> across a fucking field. We both know that poor little girl in her Coke bottle glasses would have tripped. She would have ate shit and she would have had grass in her braces. But no, she just does like the slow run. With her with her hair. With her hair. And she's like, what about my braces? And he's yeah. like, you don't worry about it. You're beautiful. It's a cute moment if we ignore it is. The, the, the grooming part, but every 90s movie, just take your hair down and take your glasses off. Oh, look at you. You're a 10. <laughs> it's like she's all that. Let's cut her hair and, and take her glasses off and take her art smock and put her in a red dress. Holy shit. Freddie Prince Jr. is going to fuck her. That's what it felt like. But that's the thing about like, I mean, you know, all right. Ignoring your, your grooming comment. But like that was the thing is like watching Rodney Dangerfield be sweet and endearing. He to these, really like, was. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, I love Rodney Dangerfield. Everyone loves him. Me too. Like, everyone I don't does. think there's anyone who doesn't love Rodney Dangerfield. And it, like in life, he was a, he was a good person. Like it just very yeah. good person. He was a comedy icon. Like I'm very comfortable saying that he's a complete comedy icon. And he actually is very good friends with Whoopi Goldberg, who was supposed to play the, oh, uh, what's your name? Gay's character. But she just got the lead in sister act. Oh. Which is why she didn't take it. Which ah. good on you, Whoopi, because that made your fucking career. Yeah. Jeez. But um, also, we love this kind of stuff. Guess who, mm-hmm. guess who else was supposed to play Jonathan Brandis's character? Oh, I saw this. I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let you take Leo, it. Yeah. young Leo. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. But I honestly like Jonathan Brandis was playful and fun. I don't. I mean, maybe he just didn't do anything when he was that young or that age. That was like to that but like there was a charm that he I had agree. that I don't yes. think Leonardo DiCaprio had as a kid Le- great actor like did a bunch of other great things when he was especially when he was young in the early 90s but no Jonathan Brandis was like you I mean you compared it to like Devin Swa was like you know Jonathan Brandis light oh, um, those oh, guys were just yeah God. also can we talk about something that like shouldn't matter but like as an 80s 90s kid like really did the fucking van that he drives. It's a 1990 Pontiac transport. <laughs> the, the future. <laughs> just looking at it. I'm just like, oh my God. My dad definitely drove that van. <laughs> I love how like the future with the future was supposed to look like according to the early nineties. Remember like yeah. the, uh, whenever I watch Coneheads, which is another oh, fun. God, we've got to do that one. That's yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. Chewing gum. Um, when you watch Coneheads, <laughs> the, the car he drives had like that, solid one headlight across yes. the front like that was like a for a hot minute in the early 90s like i yeah early like late 80s early 90s where they're like let's build futuristic cars that look like spaceships was was popular for a, for a hot second but also the the like coach that's supposed to be like the the angry lesbian and the name of the team is the beavers and the whole <laughs> the whole like 
parents squad is like, trap those beavers. Yeah. Trap those beavers. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> of him trying to you know not let anyone know that Martha is actually Matthew. Yes. Uh Martha. There is the entire scene where he goes and they go to cuz this is when you say problematic in the, about this movie. The one thing that sort of raised my eyebrow I'll say mm-hmm. was okay, so Martha goes along with the other girls from the team to uh Kimberly's house. Oh, gosh, and he has no choice. And then he calls Chester because mm-hmm. they're all going to go in the pool. Mm-hmm. Skinny dipping. In the Skinny pool. dipping. Yes. Now, look, I'm I'm a man. I used to be a teenage boy. Congratulations. I, I don't know. You tell me, uh, was it normal for your girlfriends and you to go to like someone's house and all get naked in a pool? If? Okay. <clears throat> so, okay. I, ha- I was the pool kid. I had okay. the pool. Okay. I was the house with the pool. Okay. Maybe at night, if there was two or three of us and we couldn't see each other, we'd be like, let's go skinny dipping. Because it felt like, ooh, we're doing this thing. We're sneaking out of the house that my parents literally were like, yeah, you guys can go in the pool. Go ahead. Like 9 p.m. on a summer night, you know? Mm-hmm. And it would be like, let's take our bathing suit top off. You know, we didn't have okay. boobs. So who fucking cares? Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. dark and you couldn't see each other. Yeah. In the fucking whole ass daytime. <laughs> when like at that age like 13 14 15 when they're supposed to be like you've yeah. got not to gross out the male listeners here yeah. but girls are just tr- like truly like getting their period getting pubes we didn't know what the fuck to do with our bodies at that point like look at the other girls on the team half of them no. ha- don't even have boobs yet yeah i'm sorry but if 13 14 year old me had our girl kimberly yeah. AKA Vanessa Shaw at that party with her whole ass boobies. I am not showing my non boobs. <laughs> like I would be on the edge of the pool, just dipping my feet in being like, Oh, sorry, I can't go in. I'm allergic yeah. to chlorine. I would make up some lame ass. Expe- that is not happening. Yeah. Well, what, what felt weird to me, by the way, wasn't just like, Oh, the girls decided to do this. It, it seemed like it was being led by the mom. The, mom like the mom's like, come on girls, come on girls. Let's go skinny dipping. Like, uh, I'm Not sorry, okay, guys, I'm sorry. My 14 year old daughter came over to your house for like an after team party and you're you decided to just get them all naked and, and go in the pool. Um, What's the little girl's name that has obsessed with butterflies and Carmelita Chu. Oh, she's so cute. And Jonathan Brandis puts the little butterfly stickers all over the soccer mm-hmm. ball so that she can focus on the soccer ball. Oh, yeah. how cute. Yeah. I love that. Also, the team that they play at the end for the uh, playoff game or championship, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Did you notice that half the players are boys in wakes? Yeah. Wasn't that the whole? Wasn't yeah. That the, the- like, yeah. And, and it's funny because like I never noticed that as a child, yeah. but watching it as an adult. Also, I just want to point out watching this as an adult. I always thought I was Vanessa Shaw. Like I always thought I was Kimberly Mullen. My parents were not rich. We were poor. No boy is lusting after me. Like, I thought I was a boy until seventh grade. And now rewatching it, it's like, I'm Jack A. Harry so hard. 
Like, that's who I am. Where she's like, you can't get fired. I got a TV. I got a table. I got a couch. You can't get fired. That's me. She was great. I love, like, I I love the fact that, like. funny. Well, because I think what's funny to me, too, is, like, you know, even if this was, like, again, trying to figure out if this was, like, a vehicle for Rodney Dangerfield, like, just, like, an excuse for him to be, like, throw out Rodney Dangerfield jokes. I think any other movie, right, comedians like him, like, I, I it, not as famous, but, like, Tom Parks, who is, like, his boss, uh, Dave uh, Mullen, Mr. Mullen, Mr. Mullen. Mr. Mullen. Was a comedian, too, right? He's just, like, Rodney Dangerfield surrounded himself with other comedians in yeah. this. And... I, you know, you look at like a lot of other like comedians like doing like vehicles, you know, like like movies. That's just an excuse for them to prove how funny they are. They're not surrounding themselves with other comedians. They're surrounding themselves yeah. with like like, oh, it's a it's a cameo by a NBA player or something else. Right. Or like mm-hmm. The Rock doing a movie with Kevin Hart or something like they're They're not surrounding themselves with other comedians like Rodney Dangerfield. He was playing right off of jack a the whole time like you know like they became like a little like duo going back and forth and they complimented each other she's hilarious she's so funny yeah so i I have an appreciation there i love that and i also one thing that i when i rewatched it the first time it was like that bar scene where there's the juxtaposition right they're both having lady troubles rodney dangerfield just got (laughs) kicked out because his wife realizes or his soon-to-be wife realizes that she's he's been using his son is a girl on the soccer team and like Jonathan Brandis is in love with this girl who thinks she's a girl and they go to their, you know, their respective bars. That scene is so funny where he's like, moron, idiot. And the bartender's like, hey, buddy, I don't have to take your shit. And he's like, I'm sorry. I was talking to myself. My wife. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man. And then he's like telling him to get back into the dating pool. And he's like, I can't do that. Yeah. It's not my fault that my, you know, my, my, woman is mad at me because I took no, wait, her wait. son and dressed well, him up like a girl and told him to play with me a little bit or yeah. whatever the fuck he says. It's well, so that was bad. The, thing. the guy's like, he's like, no, I guess it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's complicated. He's like, guy, I've heard of all the stories. Like, you know, tell me like, go ahead. I'm the bartender. Tell me your problem. What happened? He's like, she's mad at me. Cause I dressed her son up like a girl and made him play with me. <laughs> like, Get out of here. You sick. <laughs> and he's like, He's like, talk about happy hour. At least I skipped the bill. <laughs> it's like 2024, you would have been put on a list, sire. I know. But here's and the then thing. you got think- Jonathan Brandis at the soda shop and he was like, well, she thinks I'm a girl. And you've got like the yeah. the old school black, you know, soda tender who's yeah. behind the, like just polishing this same like soda milkshake glass. And he's like. If she thinks you're a girl, I don't know what you're doing, but you're not doing it right. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you giving sex advice to a child? <laughs> but that's what I love about this movie, too, is it's uh, I mean, especially for that age range, like all the jokes are easily digestible like that. It doesn't Absolutely, it doesn't take yeah. easy. It doesn't take the easy route in a lot of them. They are smartly set up and it, it is fun. Like, but that, but that's the thing is this movie it's it's still Rodney Dangerfield's humor, right? If you go back and watch oh, like God, Rodney Dangerfield's so stand up, yeah, or like you know if you if you really liked uh, you know Back to School or or uh, Easy Money, right? It's still got that Rodney Dangerfield humor. It just so happens to be in a kids movie. I love which that. wasn't like, supposed to be a kids movie. Yeah, imagine yeah. making this movie thinking this is for adults and like teenagers yeah. and like telling all your friends, oh, "Wait till my movie comes out. It's a yeah. fucking hoot. You're gonna think it's hilarious." And then it being like pushed on like PBS kids. Yeah, 
I mean, it was on HBO in like, you know, constant reruns. Like that was, that yeah. was where I Me too, found on the black box. That's where I found yeah. it. <laughs> and we kept renting it from Blockbuster. Yeah. We kept renting it. We're like, this is the best movie in the world. Just, just because my sister and I were like, oh my God. It's so We were too poor to buy it. <sighs> but, so you just, good. but you were just because of Jonathan Brandis. I loved him. Like, I can't begin to tell you. I can't. Yeah. begin to tell you what that boy did to me. I was like, I am so in love with him. I used yeah. to buy the magazines and cut his face out and like tape it in books. Yeah. Him and Devin Sawa. I apparently had a type until I got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> does not have blonde hair. Does not have blue eyes. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. It's a, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. But- now. Okay. I will say this. As we talked about my two, two of my favorite sports movies from when I was that age, like very young, were this and Little Giants. I loved them. Yes. Like truly loved them. And I I was a very big tomboy. There was nothing girly about me. And I have five sisters. And I think my dad and my stepdad were like, well, clearly our boy making machine is not working. So we'll just make these girls as tomboyish as possible. But what are other movies like sports movies for like that age group from the early nineties that you remember, because that's all I remember. I mean, the famous one is the Sandlot. Well, yeah, but that a hundred percent. I don't know why yeah. I didn't say that one, but to me, that one feels later. When did the Sandlot come out? Uh, it was early nineties. I mean, maybe it was like really? 94. I would say or just off the top of my head guessing. Let's see how close I was. Little giants was 94. So maybe Sandlot fell into that world with me. Cause San- I don't know. Another fun. 93 was 93. Yeah. Another fun fact about Amanda is I played baseball until I was 16 years old, not softball, baseball. I was the only girl in the whole league. Fun fact. Good to you. Didn't, didn't say I was good. Tom did not say I was good. Just said I played it. Rookie of the year. Oh God. Another good one. But why don't they make movies like this? But I, I told you because no studio is going to make a movie specifically for the age range of like five years. That's their issue. Um, I was going to say, I didn't like Rookie of the Year. I liked Little what? Big League. I liked Little Big League more, which are because they're very similar. Very similar, but you didn't like Rookie of the Year? Come on, the mom. Who plays his mom? I loved her. In Rookie of the Year? Yeah. Uh, I have to look it up. I remember the mom from Little Big League, but. And Gary Busey is in that one, which is so good. I mean, how could we not? And Daniel Stern. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What is her name? Oh wait, is it Amy Morton? I must. Lisa's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the mom, Amy Morton. But again, I preferred. Sorry, Little Big League was okay. better, and that what? one. I have to which disagree. Is, on which that. is a fun connection. The so in that one you had Daniel Stern and you had um uh Gary Busey, right? Yeah. Little Big League had the like the love interest was Tim Busfield who you've known yes. from like a bunch of different things, right? But the other pitcher guy was Scott Patterson from, you know, Luke's owner. Yeah. Uh, and you get to see under his hat, when, you know, back when he, I think he, he had hair or was, you get to see he doesn't have hair. Yeah, he, he, well, good enough for me. Dennis Farina was in that movie too, which is uh, Jonathan Silverman. I thought that was a better cast too. It was a better, I don't know. I like that movie better. Okay. I really loved Rookie of the Year, but I also loved Little Big League. Cool yeah. Runnings was another one that I was obsessed with. Cool Runnings was another good one. What year was that? 
That was oh, what well, was before 93. John Candy died? Yeah, ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. I'm telling you, early nineties, right, right You're there. It was hundred like percent correct. Yeah. Did you ever see? Uh, did you ever see the Scout? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. That's a well, great also, one. And I don't know why I think about this. Like, I mean, uh, that's more an adult movie, but like keeping into like kids movies, like the, the Mighty Ducks came out in the early nineties too. Like we were really 100%. into, we were so spoiled. We really were. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why, well, you're not really a sports person, but I am an intense sports person. And these were all my favorite yeah. movies. Yeah. Rudy, I think came out early nineties, right? It did. It was like 94. I want to say, okay. I'm guessing. Let's see. I never, don't tell my fiance this, but right. I didn't see Tin Cup yeah. until I was an adult. Tin so. Cup was okay. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know if I love the, I don't know. White Man Can't Jump. I watched that with my dad on a, on one of my dad weekends. Yeah. And I stayed at my dad's house and I was pretty obsessed with that one. Also, I will say top, top hundred movies for me on this list is Any Given Sunday. Have you watched that one? So I rewatched Any Given Sunday recently. Okay. I haven't. So tell okay. me, am I going to be very sad? So let me, uh, all right, just throw this out there, right? Directed by Oliver Stone. Okay. Right? Which keep that in yes. mind. Cause I feel like that, that gets like Oliver Stone is known for a lot of things when you're like, Hey, remember that football movie directed by Oliver Stone? Yeah. No one remembers that. He's, uh, he's also in the movie. It's, it's Al Pacino, Jamie Foxx, Dennis Quaid, uh, uh, Cameron Diaz, uh, Jesus Christ, James what Woods. a cast. Yeah. No, I mean, it's an Oliver Stone movie. LL Cool J, um, uh, Aaron Eckert is in there too. I, I uh, Matthew Modine. It's got Jesus. a stacked cast. John C. Uh, John C. McGinley. I'm just naming names now. But if you go back and watch it now, there's this. It, it was from 1999. Really, that yes. far into the 90s. Well, that makes sense because Cameron Diaz was like just coming into being the hot blonde girl at that point. For some reason they didn't get the licensing from the NFL to make the movie. Like it, it, it's not an NFL team, right? They just, they, yes. it, there is no NFL. It's like the, it's like the American football league or it's like some fake name. I think they're the Miami sharks is the name of the team in there. But here's, here's my, here's my issue with it. It is peak. Like early two thousands. I mean, I know it's 99, but it's like that peak early two thousands. Like, uh, aesthetic mm -hmm. that I got motion sickness watching it. Right. It no, was like, really? It, it was, yeah, it was really bad. Like, um, if you go and watch like the transformers movie, wait, I know exactly what you're talking about where they like come in from the top really fast when they're on the field. And there's that one scene where he like loses his finger or whatever the fuck it is, whatever happens. And they fly in. It's, it's not like just, no, yes, it's that, yeah. but they also drop the frame rate to like five frames a second or, or something oh wacky. And so it's just all of a sudden like just flashing images. And I'm like, I'm not epileptic, but I'm going to have a seizure like watching. Okay. Like, this is, all right. and it's, I won't and it's colorful and it's like nauseous. blurry and it's, it's really bad. It's like, it, I think Michael Bay saw that and was like, Ooh, that's my favorite thing in the world. And then just went and made every movie after that like that but okay it is yeah all right i'm not rewatching that then but i have two on this list that were like mm -hmm. that's not just two but like two that i fucking was obsessed with was uh major league oh, and I of course it. a league of their own but like major league to me is like pinnacle sports movie i yeah. loved that i love movie. major league two because i love how silly they they lean oh into yeah major it. league two was very much like um like the comedic version of major league. Yeah. I mean, major league is a comedy, but like major league two went full throttle, just like, fuck it. Like we're going to go slapstick comedy with it. Yeah. 
I mean, for what it's worth, right? Like leaning into that, this is real deep cut again. Police Academy did the same thing, right? If you go watch the yes. original Police yeah. Academy, like it's a comedy, like it's staged and everything. But then you, the Police Academy two or three, they're just like, screw it, full on slapstick, just like, you know, like a parody of itself. Like they, they live on, a, they, they live in Looney Tunes world at this point. I still love Police Academy. That's a, no one That's talks a about one. anymore, We've by the do way. That one. Why does and no one talk say- about Police Academy? There's another soccer movie from the 90s, and I don't know the name of it, and I fucking loved it. All and right, it has that it. ginger kid. He's oh. a ginger. He's in Sandlot. He plays the goalie. Yes. What was the name of it? I loved that movie. The Oh, my my wife loved that movie because I was, was like, so I never saw it. Uh, it was like green or. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, oh, man, I'm trying to remember now. It was a uh, Disney movie, I thought. Yes, it was a Disney See, here's the thing. I didn't grow up in a Disney household, so I I avoided those movies. Uh, it was Ooh, The Big Green, by the way. The movie the was The Big, Big Green. The Big Green. Oh, that was so good. Disney's oh. The Big Green. That was the thing. Anytime. I love Disney movies. When, uh, I No, see, here's the thing. I had an aversion to it for some reason. Like, going back to the 90s, anytime you had those movies where it was like, you saw the trailer, and it was like, you know, like, you know, soccer's got a new player. And then it's like Disney's. That's blah, awful because your blah. voice is perfect for it. I know. <laughs> Whenever you had the Disney's blah, blah, blah. Like anytime I heard that, I'm like, yeah, I don't have any interest. I don't want to watch. Bro, you're missing out. Brink. Um, motocross. Oh, my God. The way that my sister and I watch motocross. Brink. Johnny Tsunami. Uh, Alex Mack. I mean, you're missing out. I've got to do just okay, a nope, Disney movie nope. episode. I'm going to correct you. Di- uh, Alex okay. Mack was Nickelodeon. Was Nickelodeon. You're 100% correct. Yeah. Can we do a Nickelodeon game show episode? I put it on our list. This has nothing to do with anything, but I was just we thinking just about 90s. Nickelodeon oh, because- God, but their game shows were so superior. Yeah. Mark Summers, that man. I love Mark Summers. Oh, my God. I sent Tom, guys, uh, a, a message that Mark Summers is having a one-man show in New York City in February all about his time on Nickelodeon. I was like, Tom, we must go. <laughs> we must because we are Nickelodeon kids, 100%. Do, do, you ever, do you know the story? Did you ever see the story of him uh, on Jay Leno? No. Oh, man. Bad. Uh, yeah, he got into like a like a fight with Burt with Reynolds. With Leno? Oh, no, with, with Burt, Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. That's not someone I'd want to get in a fight with. We're getting if really far. I was far, a white man. We got really far away <laughs> from when this all started, but but basically uh Burt Reynolds was the first guest on Jay Leno. And then Oh, this uh, is back when they sat on the couch together. Yes. Okay. And then so then Mark Summers comes out, Burt Reynolds moves over to the second position, Mark Summers is getting interviewed, and I don't know, there was like some back and forth with Don't something. ruin it for me because I'm definitely going to watch it as soon as we're done recording. And, okay, but you you should go watch it. It's uh, guys, stay tuned for our Mark Summers episode. <laughs> you know what it is? It's it's nowadays everyone knows how everything works behind the scenes, right? Like like you know, there, there's no yeah. putting on a show for people. Back then, it was like you know, there was there was I, I was watching a clip also of um like Hulk Hogan. Putting someone in a sleeper hold, um, the guy from uh, SVU who was a comedian, I forget his name already, and like literally knocking him unconscious during his own talk show because okay. he said something that Mr. T didn't like. So okay. they did like a bit where he was like, oh, let me put you in a headlock and then like put him in a sleeper hold and like mm-hmm. knocked him unconscious. And then he woke the guy woke up. He's like, oh, we'll be right back. We'll throw it to commercial. Right. Where it's like, oh, we got to put on the show. Right. Can't let people know something's something's wrong. And that was like 
very much in the 90s like this too, like on Jay Leno, the audience is laughing. They think they're doing a bit and Burt Reynolds is seeing red and wants to murder Mark Summers. This is incredible. And yeah. And then, uh, but also keep in mind too, Mark Summers quite famously had like uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Really bad. Yes. And like, like had like wash his hands 15 times kind of vibes. And he was on a show where people were like, jumping in slime pits and yes you know uh oh we've got to go to this one man show tom i know i I mean it's not too far because we're talking about the 90s and so this is that was very 90s yeah but to bring it back to this we'll we'll wrap it up um this movie did not do poorly (laughs) it did 20 million dollars or its budget was 20 million and its box office actually hit 14.8 million yeah so yes they lost money but once it hit like you said once it hit streaming like once it hit hbo Every fucking weekend that movie was on at least twice all the time, all the time. And more importantly, more than anything else. Yes. I I just, I got to, I got to sit there and, and, and with Jonathan Brandis fall in love with Vanessa Shaw. I felt, Oh God, I can't even tell you. And like, let's talk about poor Jonathan Brandis. Like can't end the episode without talking about that. The poor guy's career just kind of, I mean, it, it really, it screeched, I would say. Once the 2000s hit, like he was not relevant. He could not get it together. He could not get into something, you know, that that was making him money. He was in. So to back back up, though. So early 90s, when Ladybugs came out, it was the same year Sidekicks came out, which. Yeah. You know, that was. And he was in that as well. Yes. Right. He had started off the the decade in the never ending story, too. Right. He was. Yeah. Uh, for most of the 90s, he was on a TV show called Sequest DSV, which. That's the first place I think I like after Ladybugs. I was like, I can watch this. These episodes yeah. are on TNT <laughs> every day. Yeah. And so he was he was and in also stuff. Full House and who's the boss? Like I had seen oh, him wow. so many times mm-hmm. and he was a voice on Aladdin. Like I was obsessed oh, yeah. with him. He was on Saved yeah. by the Bell, the college years. Like, yeah, he played an episode in the Wonder Years. I knew mm. this boy inside and out. Yeah. But he really fell off come like 97, I think is like the last time he pretty much after after Sequest went out. um, And I don't know if there's any reason for it. Right. I don't don't know if there's any reason why, like, he sort of fell off as far as like being able to get roles. I don't know if he was just getting pigeonholed into like the well, you know, that was you were the 90s kid, you know, so that was it. But yeah, he didn't really get a lot of roles. And then, yeah, things got tragic. So. Well, he was dating Tatiana Ali for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. I think until he died, actually. And he was he died by suicide and unfortunately he hung himself and he was found in the hallway of his apartment. How fucking awful is that? Where he was 27. 27. Right. Which which like just to just to take a step back too, like you think about this kid in like the early 90s that was him. Yeah. Right? Like when you're like, oh, by the time, like 10 years later, right? Because he, he he passed in 2003. Yes. Ten, oh, 10 years after, you know, Sidekicks and Ladybugs came out, you know, uh, I think also Sequest had started like also like 93-ish, right? Was that the- Sequest started- uh, Yeah, ni- 1993. 93 to 96, yeah. 93 was his year. 10 years yeah. later, like he was having trouble getting any role. Well, his dad said that he doesn't think that it was the industry related. He thinks that he was suffering from bipolar disorder. 
and that uh, most of his 20s, he was showing it like he was displaying manic depression. And he said that, you know, they didn't really know what that was then. That wasn't really talked about the way it is now. And he's like, I wish that I could go back and get him the help that he needed. But like he he had really bad bipolar disorder is what the dad thinks it was. And so either way, I mean, it was I remember when he died. I was so sad. I was so sad. But like, you know, there's a. It's also a sadness to this industry. And we've talked about it quite a bit on movies that there is a child role. Child actors. I don't think we realize what is done to them. Look at what look at all these fucking Disney child actors, Nickelodeon child actors that now have these podcasts that are talking about the truly awful things that have happened to them. Yeah. And it's just like they're trying to be adults, but like they have no idea how to be adults because of what their childhood was. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I really hope that like hearing stories about like what like Britney Spears went through, and then uh, uh, with Jeanette McCurdy was like, mm-hmm. after after my my time, but like you know, yeah. like or any of the kids that worked with like um, what's his name, Dan, whatever the hell his name is, oh, at what a Nickelodeon scumbag, yeah. Like all of them went through, like you know, because you're in this weird. I I think that's the thing too is like you know, it's the reason why I'm you know, I, I worry about like, you know, or I was worrying about how these kids were treated behind the scenes kind of thing was because you're, when you're like 12, 13, 14, like you're self-conscious, like you're to your point, your body's changing, right? Yeah. You're so uncomfortable with your skin, right? You're trying to figure out who you are at the same time. You like, you're at a point where like, I just want to be a grown up. I want to be seen as a grown up. Yeah. A lot of the time, like you're, (sighs) if I could go back being a grown up fucking blows. Exactly. You're trying you're trying so hard to shed being a kid and be seen as an adult that, you know, you're going through all that stuff simultaneously while, yeah, you're being put on TV shows and like, yeah, go put on a bathing suit and dance in front of the camera and do this. And, you know, like you're treated as like an object or you're treated in, in a way where you're, you know, you're being treated as older. But at the same time, too, it's there's a whole reason why most kids are dealing with that went like not in this not in show business yes so like you get you throw that into the mix and then the whole world is looking at you that's a nightmare it's awful and you know so i mean i'll just say like rest in peace to jonathan brandis obviously but this movie from again truly i will say this my awakening i was obsessed (laughs) i lied so much in first grade saying that he was my boyfriend and i remember i was throwing at a cupcake. It was someone's birthday in the classroom. I was throwing at a cupcake and I was bent over throwing it out. You remember when you used to have to like stand in line to throw things out? Mm-hmm. Get everybody up from your desk. Let's yeah. make a line to throw things out in the garbage can. And it was like the end of the day and it was picture day that day. I had this like silk shirt on with this little vest and I was standing in line and my cousin by marriage was behind me and he pushed me because he thought it would be funny. And it was like one of those like the garbage can was on the ground, but the the desk that had all the books that we were reading was on it was right there. And it was like super pointed corner and it just hit my eyebrow and my eye exploded and they wouldn't let me get on the bus because I was bleeding everywhere. And my mom had to come pick me up and she was a nurse and she had to come pick me up and I ended up having to go get stitches. And she felt so bad for me that, and my principal had a box of cats in the office and my mom let me take home a cat. Like an actual cat? I think you're saying Kit Kat. My cat. Yeah, my kitty cat. He was a little kitten. My mom let me take him home. His name was Smokey. I had him until he was 20 years old. I loved him so much. 
Jesus. So that's my memory of being a child, spending the whole day telling everyone I was dating Jonathan Brandis. And then the next day I came back to class and I was like, yeah, I got stitches, but I wrote Jonathan and he's going to send me something to make me feel better. Can I throw out what one a more world. thing? Can I throw out what one a more world. thing, by the way? Yes, go ahead. Because we, we had a similar conversation, I think. What was it? Was it Back to the Future we were talking? No, we were uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Yes. Right. Elizabeth Shue, like, mm-hmm. you know, literally what, what dropped out of Harvard briefly to go. Jesus I forget, I forget yeah. what that story was, but super smart uh-huh. woman. Vanessa Shaw, very similar in that aspect, right? Uh, she is a psychologist and a okay. former adjunct professor. What? Yeah. Keep in mind, by the way, I think she acted predominantly like she did a lot of movies and TV shows like she did. I, I You know, she's mostly known for Hocus Pocus and then Lady Oh, she Bug. was in The Hills Have Eyes. I remember that. So the Hills has eyes. She was also in Eyes Wide Shut, which oh, that's I right. didn't we did talk realize, yeah. like you know, that she was in that. But it's also and three ten to Yuma, another yeah. one I've seen. Uh, Forty days and forty nights. Um, but she, yeah, she was in a bunch of she like she acted. Pr- not, I don't, don't want to say like continuously, but like she's still like figured out a way to shove in. You know, she has an age, Tom. I'm looking I at know. a picture of her right now from 2023. She's like. The exact same with maybe some smile lines. Yeah. Good for you, girl. Yeah. Good for but you. I love it. I love, I love when I see that where like, you know, they, they go off and, you know, just figure out. It. Yeah. Like they like kill it on screen, go to college, get doctorates, go kill it in like other yeah. professions too. just be like, I'm not just, I'm using you know, my child actor money to yeah. pay for this fucking doctorate. Cause I'm half genius. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I love that. Well, so, I love Ladybugs. Thank you too. for also loving it so that we could do it. And, yeah. Uh, we're going to just, we're just going to say blanket thing. Some things don't hold up. Yeah. We're aware of it, but it's still enjoyable. No, I would say I watched it with my kid. He really liked it. And like, in, like it put it in like the same basket as like the Sandlot and all that kind of stuff. But oh, the difference Sandlot. here, the difference here and this, again, you know what? I'll connect the dots here. When I was talking before about like how when you're young, you just kind of want to be perceived as older. This yes. is like a kid's movie with an adult comedian. 100% in role. And he's not just doing kitty. He's not doing kitty jokes, right? There's still like, yes. there's still like borderline jokes. It's all like, you know, Three's Company S double entendre confusion. That's like, why I got to watch it. Yeah. Because my dad was like, oh, I love Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. There you go. So if you haven't watched it in a while and you're our age, go watch it. It'll bring you back to your childhood. If you haven't watched it and you're younger than us, go into it with an open mind. Yeah. Just pretend you're watching it as an adult. Pop it. Well, I was going to say pop an edible. Pop an Eddie. And, and go watch this and, and have a good time. It, Agreed. Uh, it is a good time. All right. Well, that's Ladybugs, guys. Yep. Taking it to the 90s. Cool. See you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Kyle. Can We Geek About is a new podcast from Gotham West. Each week, JJ and I will delve into the geekier side of pop culture, from our favorites in science fiction and fantasy to new releases and even maybe rag on some absolute flops. We promise that even if you don't like what we have to say, you'll like how we say it. But anyway, can we geek about? Did you really need me here for this? I just needed a ride. <sighs> And we geek about. So give us a listen, subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts.